Good morning. Good morning. Oh. First, I got a good story. <laughs> got to start with those. So, we didn't have power from Tuesday to like Wednesday afternoon. And I was just, you know, we had everything we needed though, you know. Um, we had a horse tank so we could, you know, flush our toilets with a bucket of water. Um, but I was kind of getting to like, oh, I got to get this. Like, I'm trying to get service, and I'm walking around in the middle of the night, and I'm trying, you know, because we live out where there's no cell service. And so then during the day, I'm still trying to do this. I finally get service, and it dings up. And um, Matt had asked online, oh, do you, when do you think our road's going to get power? And they said, oh, not till you know, at least Friday morning. And I was like, <gasps> I wanted to put on there, like, type, like, oh, oh, my gosh. But then this voice of the Holy Spirit, which sounded a lot like my friend Sue, said, complain, remain. <laughs> And I thought, no. I said nothing, and I walked into my house, and I stepped over the threshold, and everything went ding, ding, ding. All the lights came on. And I thought, you know, would that have happened at that moment if I would have put in to complaining and talking, like, when is this going to happen, and why can't they take care of this? And I thought, you know what, God, you know, like, heart testing us. So I thought, that was good. And I'm like, I passed one. I got an A in that one. So... <laughs> So I was thankful because I don't always get A's. None of us do, right? None of us do. So I'm going to talk about excuses today. So the greatest resistance we have to creating this powerful culture and having this extravagant walk with Christ is this excuse culture. Um, If you don't know what that is, I'm going to tell you. Um, so, if you guys want to turn with me, in John 5, 6, so this is a story of the man who, like, sat on the mat by, um, the angel would come down, like, every day and stir the pool, and the first person to come and get into the pool would get healed of any physical ailments they had. But he was what they called invalid, so he couldn't walk um, or anything, and so he's sitting there, and everybody, I mean... <laughs> There's a lot of people. So Jesus sees him, and um, in John 5, 6, it says, When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, I think it was 38 years, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Ooh. Jesus just asked him a simple question. Do you want to? You know, most people are like, oh, Of course, look at me. I'm sitting here. You know? Um, And the man said, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm coming, trying to get myself in, someone else steps down ahead of me. He could have said yes. (laughs) You know? But excuses. I'm thinking if I was like that, I would tell my friends, you put me on the edge, and when that angel comes, I'm rolling myself into that water. I don't care if I live there. Bring the food, whatever. Like, it's happening. I, I will stay day and night there, put me on the edge, so literally I just like move, flap my arm over, I'm in the pool. Okay? So we think that, but for 38 years, I mean, I would have been like, yes, yes I do. Can you tell I'm here, I'm waiting? But instead he gave him excuse. Well, I don't have any friends. Someone always beats me to it. Jesus is like, do you know who you're talking to? You know? <laughs> he could have just said yes. So we might do that too. Maybe it's a lot smaller scale. You know, maybe it's not Jesus we're talking to face to face. Um, I do this a lot. 
Someone will say, oh, I really like your new outfit. You know what I, you know what I start doing? Oh, I got it on sale. Oh, this old thing. You know what? I, I, I haven't bought anything for a long time, and I just, I just want to. We start making an excuse of why we would, you know, I, I, couldn't, I didn't spend full price on this. We, don't, we have those type of excuses. We don't want anyone to think, you know, we think we're better or something like that. Instead, we could say, oh, thank you. I like it too. We have excuses that go everywhere. They make me so mad. Nobody makes you mad. You decide. Oh, they may do things that give you the opportunity to, be, to become mad, right? Yes. If you have siblings, you know that's true. And you probably get a lot more opportunities the more siblings you have. I had a lot because I had eight. So, you know, or the things up, oh, I woke, you know, I stayed up late, so, you know, I just couldn't get up this morning. I just don't have enough time. I'm so busy. What do you mean you're so busy because you're playing games on your phone all the time? Hence me. <laughs> I deleted. I have an issue. when I, I usually put a game on my phone for like a week, and then I'm like, okay, this is too much because I cannot handle it. And I am saying that I'm busy when really I'm just sitting in the bathroom for like an hour <laughs> on a stool playing the game. And I thought, you know, when you're looking forward to like, is it too early to take a bath yet? Because I really need to play my game. <laughs> So yesterday I said, you know what, delete. And they were like, no, you were so far. I'm like, I know, but there's a problem that I have a week, a, you know, a game for a week and I'm like over 100 levels. Like, hello. But we say that. We're so busy, but what are we doing? I'm so busy, I got to watch Netflix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we look so busy, but what are we really doing with those hours? Um, uh, we act like we have no personal responsibility to it, like, you know, well, of course, I had to do that game because my lives came up. <sighs> well, I had to do this because of what people think of me. Do you know that you're your own person? We have our own personal responsibility. You know, the great thing was Jesus was still good. He was, he's like, okay, I'm still going to heal you. Just pick up your mat, okay? Next time, don't wait 38 years. I mean, excuses for 38 years. He probably could have been healed long before that. You know, if that would have clicked on and said, no matter what, I'm getting to this, this um, water, no matter what. If I have to tie a rope around someone who's running, you know, and drag myself to the edge, I am getting to that. Because I am not living like this anymore. You know, it was way different if you had a disability, you know, 2,000 years ago to now we have a lot of things set up that can help us, but that wasn't the way it is. They were like, I hope you survive because we're not helping you. There was no assistance. There was nothing. So I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to live in that begging state for 38 years. So I'm glad Jesus is good, and he healed him anyways. And, you know, he got into the Bible because he said, you know what, I'm going to teach people about, you know, that it's in their hands and their responsibility. I think, that's, uh, I think it's in one of the other Gospels that he says it's 38 years. So if you're looking for that. So I'm going to talk to some ways Christians make excuses. Christians, because we know it's totally different than, you know, everyone else. Because <laughs> we put Christian on the end of it. So, I love this one. One of the top ways we say, oh, I'll pray about it. You know you ain't praying about it. You just don't want anyone to tell you no. You don't want anyone to say, that's a bunch of 
load of you know, and we go do what we want to do. Well, no one can say anything to me if I say I'm praying. Well, who are you praying to? I can pray to anything I want. I can say I'm going to go say a prayer to a chair. I, don't, I mean, we use that as an excuse instead of say, you know, I'll seek the Lord and never go talk to him because we already know his answer. That's a lot of it. We already know his answer. So it's like, well, I'm not going to there because he's going to tell me what everyone else is already telling me. Because he's already talked to me about it. If someone else is telling you, that means the Lord probably already talked to you about it. He missed the memo. So, and it's great. You should, I'll pray for people and do it. Set a reminder. I've set a reminder on my phone sometimes because I will forget to pray for people. I'll say, I'll pray for you. And then I forget and the Lord wakes me up in the night and says, oh yeah, you forgot about this. Why don't you do, why don't you be honorable? And I'm like, couldn't you have reminded me at like 1030? (laughs) You know, I start making excuses. Um. The next one, I love this one. I just want to be totally spirit-led. But don't worry, you are. You know, we are spirits, so that's what's leading us. I want to be, you know, people, I just want the spirit to lead. We get led more through boredom and offense than we do actually the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes when people look at our lives, they say, oh, you're spirit-led? I don't know what spirit. Because looking at that... Holy don't work there. Holy don't do that. So be careful when you, when you put it on the Spirit that it's, his, it's him. He's just leading me. He led me into this sin. He doesn't do that. He doesn't. You might be following the Spirit, but it is not the Holy Spirit, right? So when we have to be careful, when we're, especially with people that don't understand, we're like, I'm just totally Spirit-led. Yes, you are. So act like it. We can't make excuses and be like, you know, he told me, you know, just to, I had this lady tell me that she was spirit-led, that the Lord told her to have church at her dryer and fold her clothes, that she should not go and be part of a body one time. And I thought, I don't think that's God, because I can't find that anywhere in his word, right? But we say, as long as we said the spirit told me, we're good. So that's a, that's a way we make an excuse as Christians. I just need a break. Time out usually means pull out seen it over and over. That's just the first start of being like, I want to get a little bit more into my offense and my hurt. Um, I've learned in ministry when people need a break, they're going to pull out soon. So open the door, let them go. That's God's, that's God's job to do what he needs to do. Okay. And sometimes I say that too. I say, oh, I just need a break. It's so hard. You know what God says to me? Nope. No. I know what you can handle, and no. And then I whine and complain a little bit. Okay, that's why I whine and complain a lot. So then I get to stay there a little bit longer. Something, um, we went to a leadership conference last October, and this man, Dave Gilpin, he said, you know, don't try to be like, this is who I was, and maybe I was sinning and doing a ton. Like, just be, even if you can just be a little bit better each day. Like, maybe you were, like, a huge gossip. Maybe you're just, like, you know, a little bit better, a little bit better until, you know, maybe you're not going from 100% to never doing that or, you know what I mean, in one day. But maybe it's like, okay, God, you're working on me. That's okay. Have a little bit better marriage. Have a little bit better relationships every day. That's okay, too. It doesn't have to be all in one swoop all the time. You know, so don't get discouraged because, well, I messed up again. That's okay, God's saying, which direction are you going? 
Don't make excuses for it. Just keep going in the, the right direction. Um, we like that. We want that break because we think it's, you know, going to be this, like, we're going to go and everyone's going to agree with us and it's just everyone's going to feel bad for us. And that's not true, right? But in that time, even when God says, nope, you're not getting a break, because you know what? When you want to take a break, you want to pull out, I'm going to come in. I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to give you rest. I'm not going to let you run away, hide, and pout. Because I am such a powder, you guys. I am a lot better. But you should have seen me. My mom one time. Okay, I was five years old. I was going to school. Do you know how traumatic? Like, I was the shyest kid. They basically kicked me out of preschool because I cried for three days. And they said, she is not ready for preschool. She just cries all day, you know, and just says, mama, mama, mama. So my mom came and got me. So then I'm, my mom's preparing me for kindergarten, okay? But you guys, you think my hair looks like this. This is not real. This is like, what this looks like now and what it looks like when I wake up is totally different. So when I was littler, it was even worse because I didn't know how to take care of it. And it was like a rat's nest. Like, it was just horrible all the time. So my mom goes, we're going to go get your hair cut. And I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, like, and I said, like my mom. And my mom had, like, kind of like shoulder length hair at that time. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm be like, mama. I was so excited. I love my mom. You guys, I was totally mama's girl. Like, if my mom was there, I was there. I was never apart from my mom. And um, so I get in the chair, and they're cutting. And, you know, when you're little, they don't face you towards the mirror. Okay? They spun me around, and my mom had to have them cut off, like, all, like, Seriously, short, like Matt's hair short. Because it was so, you guys understand my hair. If you, if you need, like it is, like a brush gets stuck in it. My mom broke brushes in my hair trying to brush this, okay? So she had to because they started getting into it and realized, oh. So this is how I'm saying is like, it's I want to pout, and I didn't talk, I was five years old and I didn't talk to my mom for almost two weeks. I wouldn't acknowledge her as a person <laughs> for two weeks. And you guys, for me, being with my mom all the time, that was difficult. But I was like, I'm going to pout. And really what happened is my hair grew back really beautiful and it was a lot better. You know, I didn't understand that because I was five. My mom probably shouldn't have done that either, but, you know, it happened. And my mom still reminds me, like, when I did shut, cut my hair, like, to my chin, she's like, I didn't think that would ever happen in your life again because, <laughs> like, I was traumatized. But I wanted to pout about it. I want to tell everyone how mean my mom was to me. And I tried to get all my siblings on my side, but they were not on my side because they had to help take care of me. They had to wash this, and, oh, and they're like, mm-mm, like, mom is right. Like, she should have just shaved your head. <laughs> so I didn't get any sympathy. Nobody felt bad for me. And in my, in my kindergarten pictures, I did not smile. I went like this. <sighs> I should bring that picture. I should have brought that picture to show you guys. Yeah, it was. So you can sit there and pout and feel sorry for yourself, that, you know, and say, I just need a break. I didn't need a break. I needed to take care of my mess and keep going, right? So that's this little thing is being pouty. So if you think I'm pouty now, you should have met me a long time ago. I used to run away to the backyard because I was scared of the woods, so I didn't go any further, but all the time. My mom's like, oh, she's running away again. Like, I ran away every day. Like, I'm running away. 
and I would look and just see. I made it to the woods once, and my brother scared me, and then a snake crawled out after me, and so I never went again. So, <laughs> But I was like the biggest powder. So it's kind of like we need that break. You ever come home from work, and you say, I'm just going to lay down on the couch for a minute. You know you ain't getting up. You know you're sleeping there. You know that you're going to just bring chips and then the bag is going to be empty on the floor the next morning. You are not getting up. Everything you plan to do is not happening after you lay on that couch. You know, if I sit on the couch, I'm good. Once, my he- my he- once I am like this, it's all over. I just need a break. And pretty soon, time has flown and everything that we needed to do didn't get done. We see it in the jobs that we do. I mean, we waste time. Any of you guys that have worked under certain different managers, you're always like, why are they wasting time? Like, why are they having people do all this overtime and then nobody works here? Like, you're trying to understand where they're coming from. Like, why are we wasting all this time? You know, we've seen it in church attendance. We've seen it in ministry. We've seen it in relationships. We just, we just need to take a break. And I always, I've seen that in so many marriages. They're like, I need to take a break. I'm like, oh, so you're getting divorced. No. Yeah. You just don't know it yet. I do. Because take a break means pull out. Very rarely do you see it reconnect. God can do anything, though. So we need to think about that and say, okay, if I need to take a break, what pain is going on that I feel overwhelmed that I can't do this? You know, I've numerous times in my life when I wanted to take a break and I stopped and looked and I thought, oh, I got some messes to clean up. I hurt some people. I've been hurt. I got offended. Okay, that's why I want, I want to just, really, I want to run away because I don't want to take care of this. I've done that so many times. I'm a human. I bet you guys have done that too. It's easier to run away than to deal with it. But the rewards, the rewards and dealing with it and I mean I've had some relationships restored to my life that have been life changing for me that went years and I thought if I would have just you know I ran away for a long time but when God said here it is no breaks you're dealing with it head on in your life you're going to take care of them you're going to love them every need they have you're going to take care of and I thought "Mm -mm." and God's like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh And I did, and God restored it to a hundred times better than I could ever imagine. That was with my mother-in-law, who now is like, this is my daughter. How good is that? Something I thought, mm, this is never happening. I'm like, how awesome. I love her. I'm like, hey, when I'm in town, I'm like, you want to go out, you know, to launch? Do you, you know, my, I, you want to come do this with me? And we just sit and talk, and I'm thinking, God, you are so good to me. You gave me another mom in case I cut my hair again. I'm trying <laughs> can fall back. That was a joke. Joking. Because timeout usually means pull out. We're not going to do that. So let's get back to top ways Christians make excuses. I like this one too. There's no place for my gift here. (laughs) Woo! So use a different gift. Gifts. Of the Spirit. Plural. If you're a preacher, a singer, you know, a prayer warrior, but they need someone to make coffee, use that gift. Because I have seen some of you without coffee, and there is a high anointing on that gift to make coffee. You know I ain't lying. 
That is some anointed man. You're going to have like, it'll be like Jesus, the right side right there. Everyone who makes coffee for church people. <laughs> Guys are laughing because you know it's true. Use a different gift. God might bring you back and say, yeah, you are a psalmist. But right now, we need someone to set up chairs so people ain't standing. So use that gift. There is a place for your gift. But sometimes we have to walk through the process to get to the destiny God has for us. I look at Joseph, and he was just a spoiled little brat. And he didn't want to use his gifts. But, you know, and, but to get to the palace, he had to use a lot of other gifts. He had to be a servant. You know, carrying stuff around, you know, walking with your head down, not even addressing people. I mean, you, you were nothing, but he kept doing it. Even when he went to the prison, he said, you know, what can I do here? What gift can I use here? You know what? I can interpret dreams. I'm going to use that here. And that brought him to the palace. It brought him to rule and reign over nations. He didn't say, hey, guys, I know that, you know, you brought me in here as a servant, Potiphar's house and said, you know, Potiphar, I really am supposed to rule over nations. Pretty big deal, God told me. How do you think that would have worked out? In the prison, um, excuse me, I'm gluten-free, I can't really eat this. <laughs> no, he didn't say, you know, I'm the kid, you know, I'm going to be ruling over everything, so I really shouldn't be here. Could you, you know, get management? didn't do that he said there's a place for my gift anywhere I go anywhere you go you may be a specialist in an area but be a generalist when needed I love that word I've learned a lot of different things in ministry over the years working in church um some things I do really great. Others, I am just barely keeping my head afloat until God sends somebody who can do it. I've cleaned bathrooms. I've done children's church. I've done ushering. I've set up chairs. Um, I've done nursery, done hospitality, youth, um, outreach, events, anything. You know, I've even preached once or twice. <laughs> and at times... God's like, be a generalist so that needs will be met of the people. And I thought, if we were all generalists, how easy at times God could put you anywhere. And I said, God, you can put me anywhere, and I can't do it. But when you put me there, I can. There are some things I'm just like, when I have to do like door-to-door evangelism, I'm not really great at it, you guys. I'm really not. But when God has put me there at times, I actually am, when I'm by myself, I'm kind of an introvert at times. And so when I go out in public, I really am not like looking for someone. You know those people that they're just like looking for someone to talk to and minister to and to just have a connecting moment. And I am looking to how to get away from anyone who's looking for that. Because I'm like, God, this is really hard. And he's like, I know. But then God just totally graces me, and it's this amazing moment, and I'm thinking, oh, that was all you, because it was not me. We had an opportunity to lead someone to the Lord on the way to the beach, and I thought, I don't really want to do this. I'm with a bunch of kids. I want to go to the beach. Do I need to go through this whole story right now? 
And God's like, yep. I'm like, okay. And we did, and it was awesome. And I, you know, I know that might sound like, because it's, it's hard, because what if they say no? What if they say, no, I don't think I want that. And you're thinking, well, that would just crush me because I just love Jesus and I want them to love Jesus so much too. What if I say something wrong because I'm driving and I'm not thinking? God's like, I got it. Just drive, okay? Don't run over anything. Just drive. I give you the words. I give your kids the words. It's going to work out because I asked you to, so don't worry. I'm like, okay, okay. And it did. It's awesome. You got saved. You got baptized. It was good. That's pretty, like, that's good. Like, awesome. Like, they come into the kingdom, you guys. We should be excited about that. So, and the last thing is we say, I'm too busy. I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Where are you talking about playing games on your phone, guys? If you take that out, you're going to have, like, 40 extra hours a week. <laughs> Believe me. Like, I'll wake up in the night. And Matt's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm praying. <laughs> you guys... Like, seriously, Matt has had to take games away from me. I, when I play games, I just keep going. When Layla was first born, and she never slept, she still doesn't sleep <laughs> very long at a time, and she's 15, so this has been going on for 16 years because <laughs> she's in my womb. But when she was just little, brought her home, just a little baby. I found this game, you may have heard of it, called The Sims. Back on the PC... And my husband, he just loved me so much that he found this cheat code so I could have, like, unlimited money and all, you know, all this. Because you got to, like, make these people live because it's just life. You're, like, trying to, like, and I'm, like, okay, or I could just live. Like, I'm feeding them. I'm sleep, making them go to bed. They go to work, like, what I'm doing anyways. But for some reason, I love this game so much. And, like, she would fall asleep, and she only slept for 45 minutes at a time for the first three months. I didn't know that wasn't normal. I just thought it was great. And Matt's like, you should sleep. She's, she fell asleep. And I was like, just, just, I just got to get one more day in. One more day. And, like, I didn't sleep. And finally he's like, you need to get rid of that. And I literally had to break it and get rid of it because I'm like, mm-mm. This is taking my time. Like, literally, I'm not sleeping ever, you know. Like, I was going days of not sleeping because when I finally was tired of the game, she was awake. So I learned, I'm like, oh, I'm busy, but with what? With what? There's a lot of things in probably each of our lives that we're like, you know what? I could probably cut that out. And then I wouldn't be so busy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I'm too busy means I don't want to commit. We say it to God all the time. When he asks us to do something, we're like, I'm just, you know, I just got a lot on my plate. God's like, I know what you're saying. I could make myself be busy every day. Every day. Like, even if I didn't have a job or kids or... Like, I could find something to be busy with every day. One day I went outside and I thought, I have some time. I started picking up sticks. Well, then picking up sticks went to... I should, you know, like, if you give a mouse a cookie. And then pretty soon I'm, like, trying to set these things on fire. Well, if you guys know, we've had rain for like 
ever, and I'm trying to like start a fire. So I'm like, oh, here's an old book, and I'm balling up all these old papers. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't have any paper because I throw everything away in my house. I'm like, oh, it's been here too long. It's like five minutes. Got to throw that in the trash. So I'm trying to find things to like get this fire started. And then the next thing, I'm like, you know, I need to mow the lawn. So I'm mowing. And pretty much my whole afternoon was gone because I went to pick up some sticks out of my front yard. Now, have you guys experienced that? Like, you're like, what happened? Cleaning out a room. Cleaning out a room. <sighs> I need to hire somebody. Because when you clean it out, you get into it, and then pretty soon the whole house is a mess because you've pulled everything out and you've made piles. Like, I need to keep this here for later. I'm going to take this to Goodwill, but not really. In about two weeks, I'm just going to throw it all away. I'm going to put it in my car. Once it gets to the car, it lives there for six months. You're trying to squeeze people in, and you're like, sorry, I was going to Goodwill, you know. Yeah, that's a good one. Exactly. I'm just so busy all the time. I just got all this stuff. Look at my house. I just don't have time to clean it. Well, that's because you just made it messy by pulling everything out. If you don't have a trash bag next to you when you try to clean a room, you're asking for it. If you have a hoarder, don't do it when they're there. When they're gone, you do something nice like clean the room for them. And you take it out to the trash and make sure it's a Thursday, because our trash day is Thursday, and it's gone so they can't go back and find it. Right? And they're like, oh, it's so nice you cleaned my room. I'm like, yeah, it's nice. Spent my whole day doing that, playing video games. Good day. We can make ourselves busy. We can make ourselves as busy as we want to be. Um, in Matthew 19, 16, it says this. It says, this is about the rich man when he's all like, oh, look at this Jesus. I love it. He's awesome. You know, I want to be with him. I want to follow him. Like, he's popular. He can do things no one else can do. So he comes up, and this rich man, he wants to ask about the kingdom of God. So Jesus then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good things must I do to get eternal life? Um, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. And he's like, which ones? Because, you know, I don't have enough time to keep them all. He inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Don't give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. And he's like, hey, 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 I've kept all these. I'm good. Like, seriously, like, you should bring me into your, your uh, group of guys. So, you know, and after that, he says, the young man said, you know, what do I still lack? Like, I'm doing everything you've asked me to do. And Jesus says, hey, I got a great idea. Um, why don't you... You know, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and you can come follow me. Okay? No big deal. I'm pretty sure it was a big deal for him, right? Because he, it says, And when the young man heard it, he went away sad because he had great wealth. He was making these excuses like, Hey, I've done all this. And Jesus said, Okay, well then come follow me. Just get rid of that stuff. But he had the excuse of wealth. I like the comfort. I like to look good. And you guys are always walking around, going from place to place. You don't even know where you're laying your head that night. I don't know if I want that. I just want to be connected with you for the influence. Jesus already knew that. 
He knew he was going to make an excuse and he wasn't going to follow him. <clears throat> but he gave us that to say, you know what? We don't have to be turn away and go away sad. He's like, I've given you everything you need. Grab a hold of it. And instead of saying, what do I need? He said, what do I need to get to the kingdom of heaven? But he wanted to follow Jesus. Instead, he should have said, can I follow you? Right? He had the greatest opportunity to literally walk in the footsteps of Jesus. He could have like walked right behind him, seen everything. The greatest opportunity to break bread with him, to participate in miracles. You know, things no one had ever seen before were going to be happening. And he said, I like my comfort. I got things to do. He had excuses that wealth was a priority. He asked a question, but he didn't want the answer. Mm. But you know, Jesus died for the sins of all humanity. He rose again. He paid the price for sin. He gave everyone a free pass to heaven through him. All we had to do is accept him. Accepting what he did through, with his blood. He made it easy. We didn't have to make excuses. We didn't have to say, well, I did this bad thing because. And because of this, you know, I should get to heaven. We don't have to stand before God and, and weigh our sin and make an excuse for every bad decision we made, right? He says, oh, I see the blood. We have to have accountability. When we get there, we'll stand before God. But that doesn't keep us from heaven. We are all in that same man's footsteps. You might be thinking, oh, I ain't got wealth. It's okay. Let me explain. What's so important that we don't have time to follow the living God? What excuses can stand up against being in the presence of the Most High, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Rock, the Cornerstone? You know, peace. He is truth. What excuse can stand against being in the presence of Jesus? We want a life that's full, that has purpose, that lives with excellence because we follow the one who is excellent. We can say why we don't do something over and over I had this come up. I had that come up. This happened. I don't know how to handle this. This hurt me. But God is saying, we don't have to make excuses. Don't sit by the pool for 38 years because someone won't help you. Jesus already paid for you. You don't need any other help. We have the opportunity. Don't, don't go away sad being like, I wish I could be there. You can because Jesus gave you the same opportunity he gave everybody else. You didn't have to go around a special way to get to heaven. It's the exact same for all of us. It is through his blood. There is nothing more important than following Jesus. There is nothing we have, nothing we do. When you look at that and say, that is my end result, is heaven. Why am I living separate from that while I'm here? I started thinking about that and I thought, Lord, I don't have an excuse to be mad at anybody. And I want to. And I sometimes I even say, Lord, just 
don't let me see them until I cannot be mad or I cannot be hurt. And he does that to me all the time. So the next time I see him, I get like, I love him. And, and you know, it might seem like, why is she like this person? And I did. I had that just this week. I was able to just hug and love somebody. And they're looking at me like, we did not end well. And I thought, yeah, but see, I wanted to follow Jesus' footsteps. And I thought, I don't even have the right to even say, you did this or you did that. I just have to say, I'm so glad God loves you, and I'm so glad he's blessing you. I just hope he just keeps pouring on blessing in your life. And it felt good. And I was like, a year ago, would it have felt good? No, that's why God's like, I'm shutting that door until you're ready, girl. Because I want to follow in his footsteps, and that's how he would respond. When they were mocking him and, you know, throwing insults at him, he said nothing. But when he went down to hell and got the keys, I'm pretty sure he said some things and took care of stuff. He let the truth be told. He wasn't silent anymore, like they said, leading a lamb to slaughter. He went down the prince of peace, and he came up the king of kings. Just going to finish there.